make a song for for Instagram. Hello, hello. I'll let you do it, bro. All right. I mean, I already got an idea. You got an idea? Yeah, I'm gonna record my okay. voice saying, "Obri, Obri, Obri, Obri." No, we need a beat. We need a fire ass beat. Yeah, with a beat going. <laughs> obri, Yo, obri. I have I have a good idea that I'm doing for my podcast. Is that every track, whatever track I make, at any time, that's the intro to the podcast, and that's that's my little advertisement to the song well, I for think the you, song. You just gave us an idea, but obviously every week you can't have a new track like coming. Yeah, out. I would. You have your ideas. You probably can mm-hmm. pop out man different ideas though. No, but for an intro, so check this out. So for a podcast intro, you just need a eight bar loop. That's all you need. So you need a loop going right. And you can kind of like test that on the podcast. And you can ask like, oh, you like this? You know, it's just a thing to do, a fun thing to do. I'd say keep the same loop and for a month, keep changing it, right? Like a different effects, keep, you know, kind of messing around with the sound of that loop. And then, you know, after the next four weeks, obviously you have some new work that you're working on. Boom, you have a new little loop that you have. Yeah a bar loop and you pop it in and then you keep changing the sound and people don't really know what it is. But I think what we need to really do. You can put a poll not- too and ask them like, oh, what do you think about this track? Put a poll because you- Spotify neat. has, you can put polls now. You have to have a really engaged audience for them to scroll down and want to answer the poll though, but it's there. We definitely need that. Um, you know what I was thinking too? We need a formalized intro. I mean, I we feel do. like we gotta hit the hit the audience with the and we're back, guys. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. You know this how we're, this how we're gonna start it. All right. Good night, America. How you guys doing out there? This is the Aubrey Podcast, and we are back. Rex and Effects, Mike and Dan in the studio. You know how it goes. I might bust a freestyle. Nobody knows. I'm from Brooklyn. I hold the crown. Come to my block. I kick you back downtown. Oh. Fulton. Uh, you know how it goes down. Pound for pound. I beat up everybody. Twelve rounds. Oh. When Bush wicked. Bush wicked. I, I forgot. I forgot to add the Bush wicked. But no, I want to tell everybody that this this podcast is. Uh, we got our first sponsor. It's officially sponsored, and this podcast is sponsored by. Cocotasso. Cocotasso is a label managed and run by Danny Vells. House music, house music parties, a festival coming soon. So uh, shout out to you. They're the first sponsor of the pod. Paid a lot of money to get on this. So check them out. C-C-O-C-O-T-A-S-O. Instagram. All right. Make sure you follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and all the socials. Yeah. And next, we're going to have a sponsor every week. So next week, Obri might be the sponsor next week, you know? Why not? No, this is just Obri on the pod. But <laughs> Obri LLC Enterprises could, of course, be a sponsor. Oh. <laughs> <Enterprises>. <laughs> solutions. <laughs> Obri Solutions. You know, the Obri's under a trust, and the trust is on another trust. Under the S-Corp. My kid. my kid is owner of the S-Corp. He's an authorized signer on my Amex. And it's on the prenup. She can't get it on the prenup, you know, so it's all taken care of. It's it's it's, it's safe. It's, his credit score is 820. My kid's a year and a half. Okay, yo, yo, yo. So what you been up to, man? I know you've been doing a bunch of things the last month. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we definitely took a break from potting, but it's only for for the better for the brand and what we're looking to build as DJs, right? Uh, you know, you could really work on many streams, but the one that we're working on is, I think, one of the most important things right now. Something that there's a drought, uh, you know, something that used to be overly saturated, and now it's kind of as a drought in. And what we're talking about is music production. So, I mean, there's a stat out there. 83% of DJs do not produce their own music. Oh, 80, 80, I didn't know that. 83%? 83% don't produce their oh. own music. So we don't want to be that 82%. We want to be that 17%. 17%. And really, Aubrey, the mantra, right, just as founders, was really to break this kind of, I guess, ceiling or that's kind of a, a many creators djs producers in new york specifically or i'll just even say the northeast where you kind of are fighting against gatekeepers and you need to have extensive connections etc the brand the idea that we had was obviously to throw parties with limit you know lawless parties right no rules mm. and unique beautiful locations of course that's still in the works right as well as having recordings of our dj sets etc to expand their brand and in parallel obviously this will help our dj brand that's just the obvious it's not hiding any any truth from the audience but we really want to take it to the next step and take upon production and you know many people start production in different ways right they will go on youtube they start messing around they'll create a loop uh danny you know has been has had been stuck in yes. that realm before my uh, himself when I used to open Ableton. Loops, but, loops and bad arrangements. Terrible arrangements. Yeah, bad arrangements, all that. And I would always to open Ableton or even when I was with, you know, some producer friends that would be, we'd be working on music. I would kind of pull up like the Rick Rubin, not knowing how to do anything, but give the ideas. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, yeah, that's you. Yeah, exactly. But I couldn't express those ideas. So what we took upon is a, a course to learning Ableton. Uh, Dan, you know, Danny's definitely way ahead of me in this course, but, you know, just for anybody in the audience that's really listening and has those such aspirations, we really highly recommend if it's, of course, in your budget to take a course and not do, I guess, the the bootleg way. I have to call it. There's yeah. no better word to call it. The bootleg way, right? Yeah, oh, the, yo, the, the bootleg. No, yeah, the, real quick. The bootleg way is... Going on YouTube, looking for tutorials because those tutorials is like one guy is telling you how to you how to do one thing on one effect. Another guy is telling you how to like build a baseline, but then doesn't tell you how to mix a baseline. Doesn't tell you how to nothing about music theory and how to build chords and melodies. And then then you have the courses on Fiverr or Coursera. It's like oh, this week they're five dollars. And all they do is build a track and go through you go through it with you on how to build a track. But like they're not teaching you what they're doing. They're just showing you what they're doing. And then you're building it alongside them. And you're like, okay, I built this track, but I don't know what the fuck to do here. I don't know how to build a track on my own. So I was, you know, I'll be the first to say, I'm always like, I was always like, ah, take a course for what? I opened it up, I'm making fire loose. I know how to arrange. I'll just listen to another track and arrange it just like that. But, you know, there was one track that I actually arranged decent and it was a track that, you know, you would play and shit, but it wasn't mixed at all. There weren't 
there were little, very little to no, to, to no effects on it. So it sounded shit. And, you know, there were some samples I used on there as well and loop, sample loops. Nothing, nothing much that I created myself on, on like sound except for the drum grooves. So it's like, you're going to keep doing that and you think you're nice, send it to labels and they're like, this shit is trash. Nobody's listening to you. And you think you're good. Your friends are playing it, but you're actually trash. So, and then if you're like me and Mike, where this is not the number one thing in our lives, like we're not doing this 24 seven. We have, you know, we have careers. Mike has a career. We have, I have kids. Like you need something to keep you focused and, you know, going, going, taking a real music production course does that keeps you focused. You have to go to the course. You have to do the work. And because of that, you really learn it. And <clears throat> I finished two courses, music production and music theory, music composition. And I'm, what I, when I thought I was good, I, I was listening to like a lot of old shit and I sent one to Mike. And the one I sent to Mike was one of the ones that I thought was fire before I took this course. And it is trash. Oh my God. It's so trash. I can't wait to like put it on, on Instagram or on social media next to like another song I, I make just so you can hear the difference and make fun of myself. It's trash. Mike said he's going to save it anyway for the future. So it'll be out there um, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, but I pushed Mike to do this. So I'm, I'm happy because he was going to, he was, he was giving me the old like, oh, you know, one class started already. So I'm just going to start three months later in April. And I was like, do it now. And I bet I'm going to let him tell you, but I bet he's happy. He started now and didn't wait to fucking April to start this shit. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, whatever I take on in life, I want to like tackle it right away. Like even like I learned that having some formality and structure in terms of learning something is really important. Like learning Spanish. I learned Spanish to fluency. Like really having a, a tutor, a direct tutor, and putting in work for two years. So that was already like a clue for myself that I really needed some guidance, some structure. And any student in the course will tell you, what, why are you here? 90% of them say, I need some structure. I know this and that about Ableton. And, you know, not just to specify Ableton, any any uh, software that you use to, to create music. I need some structure and some guidance, you know. So I was definitely, you know... I want to start from this, you know, you kind of treat it like schools. You're like, I don't want to miss the first two classes, but these schools do a really great job in terms of recording the content, sharing it with you, giving a, giving you a shit ton of resources and uh thing and readings that you could do that you follow along while you're learning these things. And I'm only four <laughs> weeks in and I really feel like so much more confidence. And I won't, I'm not going to lie. When I started, it, it looked like Mandarin Chinese to me. I had no idea mm -hmm. what was going on. You go through lesson one, you kind of learn the basics around it, and you have absolutely no background in, in, in music, but I guess a little bit of DJing or DJing, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of understand some concepts, but you don't really yeah. understand the whole like full end-to-end -end that that really comes with you know building something in Ableton. And we were learning Ableton, so I'm going to refer to uh, any kind of... Uh, Audio software or audio creation software. Yeah, it was the best one. Of them is is really you know, you if you don't have that structure and like you know, don't feel I guess what I could really advise is don't feel frustrated because I did the first three weeks I felt like 
I don't know if this is for me. I can't really do this. Like, I'm not really one to ever give up on anything. I'll try and try until I really figure it out because I really don't want to fail myself. But, like, I just had my aha moment. And now I could really have a decently fledged conversation around Ableton and, and production and anything, you know, really around that. And it's an endless world in Ableton. And there's so many yeah. things, to, you know, to learn within it. But also, you know, it's important to keep in mind is also your mission. Why are you learning production? Do you want to pr produce a track? What sound are you going to design around? Who are you going to be, I guess, trying? What, what's your end goal in terms of the production? Do you want to get signed by a label, which we could get into later, which we don't think is the best idea? Do you want to just release tracks and get exposure? Do you want to get signed with a certain label, have DJs play your music to give you that exposure and maybe run with their crew? So you really got to look for your, for your end goal. I'm still learning that. I mean, I kind of want to do everything I just mentioned. So you can't really <laughs> ask me because I want to do it all. Because uh, I think there's a benefit to each one. But things get tricky. And we learned a lot this weekend being at a summit, a yeah. production summit with many record labels. And you really do learn how they look at music, what they're looking for. And it really varies. You know, all the biggest heavy hitters that you could name on the top of your head. The expectation varies vastly. Mm -hmm. Some you might think even, oh, uh, Solid Groove's example's sake, oh, they're gonna love this kind of like you know techy minimal sound, you know, it's groovy minimal. Uh, I'm gonna send it to them, but there's so much more than kind of like what they're really looking for, uh, and how you present the tracks to them, and how you engage them. Like and they're changing. I don't know if you were there for it, but he said they're changing. I think this was day one. Yes, yeah, so you missed. No, you were there. He said that, oh no, this was day two. Somebody asked, like, oh, you know, where's Solid Grooves moving to towards the future? Um, and he said that they're going away from that, like, minimal tech sound. They don't know what yet, but they're moving away from that. Because, obviously, you know, that's been played out. So that, that, that that's the thing that, you know, if you produce because you want to get signed to this label, so you're, like, you're producing what they're playing – they're already like trying to be 10 steps ahead because they're thinking of the future. So you're sending them tracks. You're not getting, nobody's like responding to you because maybe your song isn't bad, but they're not signing that now. So you have to send it to somebody else, but do they like it? Is it for their label? So what I'm getting and what I've always thought for myself is like produce music as you would produce. If you're just producing music for yourself and send it to, you know, I mean, if you're producing like house music, don't send it to a techno label, but send it to all labels that play tech house, house music, because somebody might like it. You know, not all of them, but somebody will because you sound different. You stand out. So, you know, I, I, what I don't want to do is like I want to make, um, let's see, like solid grooves type of music and then. You know, they're moving on beyond that. And then you're fucked because you made so many tracks for Solid Grooves. And then you sound like everybody else, too. Then So it's like, and, and they all say that, too. Like, make music that, you know, that you want to make. You know, and then, but then, like, as, a, as a, like a young producer, you send to them. You're like, but you said make music that I want to make. And then they don't sign you. You feel bad. But don't worry. Somebody will sign you. And if nobody does, build your own fan base. Put the music out there. The people's court. It's the people that buy tickets. It's the people that listen to the music. Let me tell you, if you're selling, if you have, let's say, fifty thousand followers, you built a fan a fan base. Let's say twenty five thousand followers. No, no, you know what? 
let's say you built the fan base of 10,000 followers, right? And 10% of those, 1,000, buy your tickets to go out to see you. You know how many DJs, producers can't sell 1,000 tickets? You built that yourself? You don't need a label. Labels will come to you and be like, yo, I want to sign that track. I don't care what sound it is. They just want to sign it because you're selling tickets and it's hot. And if they don't want to sign you, you're selling tickets. What do venues want? Ticket sales, right? So they're going to, you know, you're going to DJ. You're going to perform. So that's why I'm not too worried about that. I wish I was younger so I could be less worried, you know? Now that I'm older, there's a little more fire under my ass. But I'm going to still do it my way. And, um, yeah. With, all, with, you know, sending music to labels that I think kind of fit them. Because I'm not just going to make music and release myself. I'm going to do that. But I also want to get signed to labels like, you know, Boogeyman, Solid Grooves. Like, because you never know. You know, if they like it and they're in your city, yo, open up for us. You know, just get in the lineup. Like, that's cool, too. So I'm going to do both. That's yeah. my take on it. That was a great segue, really, uh, to what I kind of wanted to talk about, which is how you want to approach distributing your music, right? And like I said, everybody has their angle. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And you're entitled to kind of go any way you want, right? It's your productions. But in my opinion, I think really, given how, like, things you have to keep in mind, the turnover into looking over your music by a record label takes very long. You know, the, it's said that there's 600,000 tracks submitted, not just, you know, in the electronic music scene. All all genres, 600,000 tracks a day submitted. Yeah. Can you imagine the volume, the sheer volume of across all genres and the siphoning of all that music? And, you know, I would say don't focus on major labels. Focus on smaller ones. That's my opinion. I would say this, if you're going to go down the record label route, be, I guess, persistent and come correct. Don't ever send one track. You want to send an EP, three to five tracks, right? That will show, I guess, a variation in the sound that you're looking to have. That fits the criterion for that record label, right? These are really important things to keep in mind. But in my opinion, really, I would rather go down the indie route, right? Distribute my own music and kind of engage DJs and try to send them my music. And hopefully yeah. um, they'll play my music and I'll get that exposure, you know, mm -hmm. there's many tracks that blew up for a lot of producers that way. Like one of the most notorious DJs that we talk about all the time on this pod, Malga Corolla, he has put on so many producers and so many DJs so many. just by playing Crazy. tracks. There's legit Instagram pages that write, you know, played by Malga Corolla. There's playlists on Spotify played by Malga Corolla, right? To have that sound. And if he plays them enough, they'll be extremely exposed. Or if he, you know, or if a video goes viral of him playing it, like, for example, from Sunways, you could go viral with that sound, song. And that'll, mm -hmm. of course, catch the attention of a fan base and a record label. And then you decide which way you want to go. But you got to come correct and consistent, right? Just keep publishing things on SoundCloud as much as you can. And the one thing to be careful with is also, you know, bootlegs and copyright issues in terms of when you send something to a label. It's not that easy to, to clear things unless it's a huge yeah. banger clearing a certain sound or vocal or anything that you ripped off of vinyl or, or, or just an audio bit. Defected will sign in and clear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, depends. Once, right? once it's huge. Once it's huge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll pay the price or 
they'll re-record the vocals. That's real interesting. Like they'll have yeah. a vocalist come in that has very similar, uh, I guess, I don't know what the sound in their voice. And then they'll re-record the vocal that that was from, a, let's just say, a disco <clears throat> rip or anything. So mm. for me, my, my goal kind of preliminarily is really just release as I go. I don't release garbage, put it out mastered and everything. Keep pumping up my SoundCloud and... The unfortunate fact is as talented as you could be or as much work as you could put in social media presence, which I extremely lack and I'm working on, you know, as of right now, uh, is really important in tandem with that. Because you could even make yeah. clips of you producing something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll stop right there. Not too much sauce for the audience. Join our Patreon <laughs> for more. <laughs> How to get signed by a record label. Any tips on Ableton. And this pod will now be on a focus this month on our experience in production on Ableton. So yeah, we're very excited to share. It's behind a paywall now. We have. But, you know, yeah. think about it in the four weeks I've been into it. And honestly, the last two is where I have been more engaged and more passionate about it. I've learned so much and joining the summit, of course, helped a lot, but I learned so much and you kind of see how big of a world it is. I would say, you know, there's so many record labels out there and so many DJs have labels as well and sub labels like mm-hmm. cutting heads and they have boogeyman and like even the bigger brands have a sub label. Um, you know, it's not that hard to get signed if you work hard enough to create the track within that sound and you put in the work, how to sound design things on Ableton. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. Record labels are always evil. Like if I even look at the rap world, they're extremely evil to me. Oh, yeah, like that's Rock Nation or Atlantic or how they treat their artists. Obviously, it's a different realm. It's a different world. I'm not really a fan. I'm a very big fan of, of going down the indie route. There's United Masters. There's SoundCloud. There's so many. Distro Kid. Distro Kid. Everything yeah. out there that really makes it easy for you to be indie. It's just a longer path. It's not a shortcut. You know? Even, uh, even like suit like you can do all that distribute to like all the platforms through united masters and DistroKid, but you can even have bandcamp and be super indian only exactly put like, put like stuff on there for like your follow your fans you can sell you know tracks or you can have like a monthly membership so and those are for your super fans whoever wants to pay like ten dollars a month five dollars twenty dollars a month you know yeah and there, there's no algo there right it's just what you, you know now that's yeah. why social media works in tandem with your production career or your dj career anything it's extremely important it's really hard to balance being a producer a dj and uh an influencer right because that's what you basically have to be it's really hard or yeah. kind of you know a uh, social media manager it's not that it's not that easy but if you really get a nice little, I guess, balance amongst the three, you can really go really far, in my opinion. Obviously, I lack in one. Uh, DJing, I'm very confident in my skill set. You know, I've been doing it for 13 years, and I, I really wondered, was I right? 13 years I've been doing this, and it's true, I have been. I found mixes on my old laptop that are, you know, 11, 12 years old that I made. I found my SoundCloud that I made before I made my new one. That had old mixes that I was recording on track there, you know, a long time ago because I couldn't afford real gear or CDJs or anything. So DJing, I think I'm pretty much down packed and production I'm growing on, but the social media is what I like. So that kind of just goes to show that the balance is hard to keep. Obviously, I have my own reasons why I'm kind of messing up the social media aspect. I'm not going to opine on those right now. You have to get a name. You have to get a name. It's Uh, almost a year, bro. It'll be a year in like June. 
thinking nah, of a name. It can't be that long. I mean, it will be that long. But July, definitely July, because I remember that's when we started Aubrey. And it we won't like, be that oh. long, but no, no, no. It's not going to be a whole year. I need, I need to figure this out now. Like, you know, just it has to like kind of come to you, but you have so much shit going on in your life, like we we're talking about before, that you kind of like, you kind of forget to worry about that. My creativity doesn't really come in these like kind of quirky names. You kind of just, you go under any alias. But it's really better to have a certain brand under a certain name, of and then you're you know. known for that forever. Uh, you can't keep switching, saying I'm Carnage one day, I'm Gordo the next. Yeah, you just gotta. I think you're overthinking it, man. You just, I think you're you're way overthinking it. Like, yo, Gordo, bro, that Gordo is fat. Like, cause you like you would never ever in a million years pick that name. Like, that's balls to pick that name, right? Like, cause it doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day, man. Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It just kind of you. Not that I'm like, how do you say? I wouldn't say that I'm like intrigued. You know, I'm not intrigued. Like intimidated to use the wrong name. But like, there's so many dope names that you heard, and you kind of like hope that you could really yeah. find it. Plus, like my name, my full name, you can't really put a lot of like play on it. It's not like a cool, sleek name, you know. But obviously, that's right there. It's overthinking it, but. Yeah, it's just you need something that's easy. Nothing, yo, nothing is gonna sound most. I would say ninety nine percent of the names you think of, even if they're good ones in there, they're not gonna sound good. You know why? Because it's nothing now. It's just like I I talk about it in like a business sense because of of names for businesses. I I heard stories about Yahoo. When like investors first heard the name Yahoo, they were like Yahoo. What is it? Is it Yahoo? Is it YooHoo? They made fun of it. Google, they made fun of that shit too. Imagine me coming to you like, yo, I'm starting a business. And you're like, oh, what's the name of the business? Google. You'd be like, what the fuck? But after years and years and years, it just becomes second nature. And it's like, oh, Google, Google this, Google that. Yahoo, like, it sounds cool or like the norm after a long time. I do agree, like, you have to at least like it first. Because when I was when I went through that when I was younger with like a DJ name change, I was thinking of names. I was looking online, and I think it took me about a month, right, until like a promoter told me he's like, "Yo, why don't you just go by DJ Vels? Like, just take that that the la- the other E out of your last name." And I was like, "Oh shit, I like that." And then I went with that, and I was like, "This is perfect." So you actually do have to like. It has to hit you like, oh, shit, I do like that, right? But I wouldn't, like, go too crazy. Like, I mean, you know, that took me a month. Like, it's taken it's, – yeah. you've been talking about it since July. Like, it's not that serious, right? You make it cool. The name doesn't make you cool, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that that's an easier one. Like, if you use my full name, it's not that easy because it's just – I already know from my experience that my last name is hard to well, pronounce. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to use your full two last syllable, name. Two-syllable word or four-syllable <laughs> – kind of a conjunction of words that could produce a cool sounding that rolls off the tongue, you know, something. You know, my favorite, bro, that rolls off the tongue for me, bro. You already know. Nah, nah, nah. I can't, I can't it's do that. It's been number one. It's That's been like number a podcast, one for me. bro. What? No. What? Like Mikey Wiz? No. Nah, nah. Um, facts, facts and... Uh... Oh, Fire and Facts? Yeah, Fire and Facts. <laughs> that is like a podcast, bro. That is like a Fire and Facts. It sounds like a, no. like a lube, bro. It's, yeah, that is Fire and Facts. But yo, honestly, as an alias, and nobody knew, like a ghost producer, oh shit, or like a rapper, oh, that's Fire and Facts. But uh, no, Eastside Mike, man, that's still... 
That's the one for me. If my name was Mike, I'd be Eastside Mike, bro. Yeah, but then you get the, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what you care about, what other people have to say, but then you have kind of the, there's East End dubs. I don't care. He's in the UK. He's not. He's not. There's as well the East End. That's the UK. That's the UK. Fucking Fuck the East Enders and East End dubs, bro. This is the East Coast over here, bro. This is where East Side comes from. Fuck East Enders. That's a show in the UK, East Enders, man. East Side Mike. Over East Enders and over East over East Side Dubs or whatever. West Side Dubs, whatever his name is. <laughs> East End Dubs. I mean, yeah. East End Dubs. That's a dope name, though. But, yo, I gave you the name before. Like, before I thought about it, I was like, yo, Mike, Mikey Dubs. But I don't like Mikey Dubs. But, yeah, yeah we had the Dubs in there. I have a friend who was nicknamed Mikey Dubs already. He's like a mm. car guy, but nothing to do with DJing, but... Wiz, you could do Wiz, but then you know, yeah, I don't like Wiz. Wiz, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like DJ Wiz, there's the Wiz, you know. Then I had Mikey on my mind for a long time. Then some like Turkish Mike, that idea. Mike is on caps. I'm just like, I don't know. I want something outside of that with my name. Bro, if your name was if your name was Danny Tanaglia, you would tell me I'm not going with that name, Danny Tanaglia. But that's I a cool name, that name, though. Tenaglia. Because it's because it's not your name. That's why you think. But that. if I heard that name, I'd be like, "That's a very interesting name." It sounds like Danny Tarantula. Only because you you attach it to Danny Tarantula. That's why it's all it's all mental. It's all mental. You know, if we, I gave you the name East End Dubs, you'd be like East End Dubs. But now you attach that name to like a dope ass DJ. It's a dope name.